morning. Welcome to Grace Anglican Church. My name is Curtis Froisland, and I'm part of the pastoral staff here. We just want to extend the welcome of God in Christ to you. We're so glad that you're with us. If you are a guest or a visitor here at Grace, please uh, take a moment and look at that pew in front of you. There should be a visitor card, connect card, on, and you can put your contact info on there. Uh, we don't, we're not going to like spam you, but we just want to be able to reach out to you, tell, more, tell you more about our church. And for everybody, look on the back of that card. You can let us know how we can be praying for you day by day and week by week. So we would love for you to fill that out. And when we take up our offering a little bit later, you can put that card in with our offering. So we're continuing our Revelation series this morning and getting into the heavenly throne room. And Sam said the question that he would ask you is, what are we doing here? And I think that's a good question. You know, when you go to a restaurant, you know what you're doing, right? You're going to eat. What do you think you're doing when you're coming to gather with God's people to worship? What, what, what are you expecting to happen? What are you expecting to do? And to, what are you adding? What are you getting? All those kinds of things. And so let's, let's ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our minds to that, that question. What are we doing here this morning? And let's stand for our opening processional.
Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Join me in praying the Collect for Purity. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. And we give God praise for his mercy as we sing together Revelation song.
befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The word of the Lord, by it the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven and he sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you gave your only Son to be for us both a sacrifice for sin and an example of godly living. Give us grace, thankfully, to receive his inestimable benefits and daily to follow the blessed steps of his most holy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the reading of God's word. The first lesson is from Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. You can find this on page 1030 in your Pew Bible. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, 
Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll in its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. The word of the Lord. Be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. He said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, 
and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid on it, and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I cannot do what I've been asked to do this morning without your help. And so I ask for it. I ask for your help that I could preach only the truth. But even more, I ask that every one of us, especially me, would hear your word afresh this morning and take it in and then do as it says. And we pray this in the name of the Lamb who was slain and who now lives, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to ask you to put yourselves into John's shoes. Uh, I'll ask you to put your own shoes back on in a little bit, but for now, put yourself into John's shoes uh, and, and imagine the world that he's been born into. God has made humankind to be stewards of his creation, or as Alexander Schmemann has put it, the Orthodox theologian, priests of creation, continually presenting the world God has made back to God that it may fulfill its purpose. And we know that we're reading at the end of this book, you know, today, but at the very beginning of the book, I think two pages in, it doesn't work. And Adam and Eve sin in the garden. But even right there in the garden, in the midst of that tragedy, God promises to free the world from the curse of sin through a human. From Adam or from Eve's descendant, from her seed, it says, I will, I will defeat the serpent. But individual people are unable to escape the reign of sin over and over again, generation by generation, we come further away from God. And so God renews that promise and says, I will save the world through one family. I will find a family who can live up to the promises I have made. And he calls Abraham and Isaac and Israel. And this family, this nation is unable to save even themselves. 
They're led out of Egypt to be a kingdom of priests. And they turn almost instantly to idols. Israel has a problem. Humankind has a problem. And in one sense, even God has a problem. Is he going to be made a liar? Will there finally be a person who can do what God has promised? God's people, when they are facing reality in this this moment, are desperate. And this is the moment uh, of history when we, in effect, find ourselves uh, as our reading this morning begins. The Creator God has a plan. We can see it. It's there on the scroll. The, The plan is so detailed it won't even fit on one side. It's written on the front and the back. It's right there, but there is no one who can fulfill it. And John, knowing the weight of the failures on the one hand and what must be on that scroll in the other, is overcome. He's overwhelmed with grief, and he weeps. For those of you who came to faith a little bit later, you may remember feeling that kind of desperation to be saved. Some of you have friends or neighbors who have that kind of desperation, but all of us know someone who, at a minimum, is that desperate and doesn't even know it, doesn't even know that their need for God's power to intervene in their life. John weeps. This is the first time that John kind of becomes a part of the, this scene in heaven. He's been observing, but now he weeps, and one of the elders turns to him and addresses him. Ah, there is one. Finally, there is one who can save. And you ever have one of those dreams where you're like, I went to church, but church was like a Burger King? And you're like, no, you just went to Burger King. But, like, but it was also church, right? That there's this, in our dreams, our visions, sometimes we know something is one thing, but it's also another. And we don't quite understand. And that is the kind of layering of imagery that happens over and over again in Revelation There is one, a person to fulfill God's plan, but it's also a lion, the lion of Judah and the root of David. It's a person, it's a lion, it's a root. The the root of David, this is a a phrase from Isaiah's prophecy, refers to the Messiah, the anointed one. That's what Messiah means. The anointed one who would fulfill God's promises uniquely who would somehow come from David's royal family and yet be David's Lord, be the one from whom David's royal lineage came in the first place. This Lion of Judah, the Lion, of course, a a universal symbol of strength and power, I think, but particularly the Lion of Judah, strength, victory, the conquering Lion, this is another ancient prophecy, older even than Isaiah, If you go back to Genesis 49, the the blessing and prophecy spoken over Judah, the fourth son, fourth? Fourth son of, of Israel. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hands shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you've gone up. 
He stooped down, he crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who dares rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, is the promise, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet. That's the kind of power that we need. And so, John, having heard the elder announce, Lion of Judah, over there, turns and looks and probably expected, like I would, to see a mighty lion. But he sees instead a lamb. This one is a man, a lion, a root, but also a lamb. And not like real beefy, aggressive ram, you know, like uh, but no, Paige Patterson points out the word here for lamb is different from just like big sheep. It's a little lamb, a young lamb. About as far as you could get from a conquering lion. And this lamb isn't even like a regular one. It's slain, killed. What kind of victor is defeated and slain. This lamb has seven horns. The seven horns refer to uh, seven meaning all. Seven days of creation, the whole creation. Seven horns, all of the horns. Well, horns are strength. Over and over again, that's a biblical image. The horn of strength and salvation. So this lamb who has died is all-powerful and with seven eyes, all-seeing, all-knowing. And we see that it's not just eyes, but these eyes are the Holy Spirit. This Lamb carries the fullness of God's Spirit. Man, root, lion, lamb, and divinity in one. And this one who knows all, who knows the full reality of the state of the world, who knows the, the wickedness in every human heart, has given himself to be slaughtered. And this one, with the whole heavenly host watching in anticipation, approaches the throne. And the worship which has, been been, which has been building all through chapter 4 with shouts and acclamations as the chorus grows louder and louder continues its crescendo. The whole heavenly host as the Lamb approaches bursts now for the first time into song. And now that worship is directed not to the one on the throne, not to the Creator, but to the Lamb. And no one is scandalized. Because in this Lamb, we now know dwells the fullness of God. And the worship continues to rise. Even those who do not believe, even it seems the dead are compelled to ascribe blessing and honor and glory and might and forever, uh, sorry, blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever due to the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The lamb, once slain, but now alive forever. The conquering lion whose rule shall never end are one. The lamb, equal in glory to that one on the throne, has united God 
and human, uh, humankind so that we are not just freed, but may share in the victory of the lion. The lamb, our Jesus Messiah. Now, for we who've gathered here this morning, it is not our current calling to stand before God's throne and join in that nonstop chorus of praise and worship, or we would be there now. So what are we to do? You know, from, from the beginning, it seems that God has said it's not, He does not want us to simply stop everything and just do what we would call worship nonstop. That's, Adam and Eve had a purpose. They were to worship through the living of their life, through the tending of the garden. In the biblical terminology, a person didn't have a faith or belong to a religion as a way of describing, like, who they followed. And the, the biblical way of speaking was not to say, I, I mean, we do have the word Christian, but that's not the way usually we speak of I am a Christian or I am a insert whatever religion. The most common way of identifying what you believed and how you lived was to say, I worship, I worship Asherah, I worship Baal, I worship the God of Israel. And that did not mean in the biblical sense, I go to worship services directed at the God of Israel. It did not mean I listen to music about the God of Israel as I drive my sheep. You can, it's okay, you can laugh. I'll tell a funnier one in the next service, maybe. Um, but it meant that a whole life, worship, to worship God was to say, I've submitted my whole life to serve and obey and to make sacrifices to the God of Israel. A life of servant obedience to the deity. That's what to worship. I mean, the, the word is literally to lie down, prostrate in front of. On an ongoing basis, I worship the God of Israel. And so when we say that we are Christians, when we say that we worship God, it must mean for us surrendering our whole life to the God we believe in, the lion who came as the lamb, who won a victory for us through the ultimate surrender, and who in his rising proves himself trustworthy in all things. We can surrender our lives because he is the lamb who was slain and who now lives. So it's whole life, but we do come here week by week and worship. Why? in order to live our whole lives appropriately, we come here. And I think there are many purposes, but I will highlight a few now. The first is that we, by coming together with intentionality, we join in the perpetual, eternal, ongoing worship that John caught a glimpse of. We are are most fully joined to that worship when we come together and unite our prayers and praises with the heavenly host. It's an intensification of that life of worship. 169 hours, but we'll take one and a half together to represent the whole. When I come together with my family to eat, in some ways we are most a family. 
We've worked to prepare a meal. We have fellowship. We eat together. We rejoice. We tell stories. We work to clean up after. It sort of represents almost our whole life of living together. We're not less of a family as we go our separate ways. But in some ways, we are more intensely a family in that moment. Or you can think of any, perhaps, family activity that, that you experience that in. That there's, a, there's something about that moment that represents the whole. And that is a part of what worship is about. We come together for intentional worship to live a whole life of ongoing worship. And as we do that, as we gather, we remember God's story. It disorients us a little bit. We're oriented to live our lives for us, and we come here and we are reoriented, disoriented maybe even, into, into making God the primary actor of that story. And so we remember, but we are remembered. We are reconnected to one another, to the body of Christ, and, and to God Himself. You're rejoined, remembered. And in hearing the true story and being rejoined to the family of faith, we are prepared to go out and stand against the false story being told in the world. And of course, we gather at Jesus' table, and He really feeds us with real food, with His true self. We come together week by week on the Lord's Day, I hope with desperation, acknowledging our dependence and our need to be acted on, to be fed, not with, with food that is less real, but with food in being spiritual food is more real. And we do that day by day, week by week, until we will see God face to face in the fullness of his presence and worship forever and ever. The second thing we do in response to this heavenly worship is to celebrate. Today is the 15th day of our 50-day resurrection celebration, and I implore you to continue celebrating Easter. Push on. You know, 15 days in, it might start to feel a little bit like work to keep celebrating. A good party takes a little work, but keep celebrating we must with great intention proclaim in our hearts and in our lives that the reign of death is ended. That although we may still yet feel the pain of death in the world yet a little while longer, death's power is broken forever. And when our great 50-day feast is over, we must continue making every Sunday, at least once a week, a little Easter an ongoing reminder that the Lamb who was slain now lives and is the victorious Lion who has overcome already our great and final enemy, that double-sided coin of sin and death. So much human sin proceeds directly from death and the lies that death tells us, but Jesus has proved there is no enemy God is unable to vanquish. There is no wrong He will not put right. And because he lives, we too will live forever with him. And so we must stand up to the lies of the world that are based in death. You must have all the pleasure you can now because you will die and that's it. Or you got to take care of this. 
kill or be killed, eat or be eaten, or life is meaningless because all lives end in death, these lies are being told to you over and over again every day. But having a glimpse of John's vision, we know the truth. And so I I beg you to continue to celebrate life even as death does what it can to encroach. We worship, we celebrate. The third thing we are asked to do, I think, is to obey. Did you think we were going to read from this lectern every tribe and language and people and nation and let a member of the New Anglican Missionary Society preach and not get a little invitation? There are many people across the world who are as desperate as John feels at the beginning of today's passage. There are countless more who have no idea how desperate their situation is, and there are many, many people right here in Fleming Island and Clay County in that same position. If our churches were filled twice a day every Sunday, there would be well over half the county still to reach. Many of us, in our hearts, we know that one step God is asking us to take. How many were just about to ask that one more person to Alpha if the timing would just work out just so? Maybe you know he's asked you to give up a little something precious in order to to serve him more fully. Maybe he's asked you to go to the nations. And if it happens to be India, today is your lucky day because my friend Pranav is here visiting from Odisha State in India as a church planting missionary. And if you stick around after, you can talk to him. Um, but he hasn't asked us all to go to India. If we all went to India, there would be nobody left here. Some of us are called to go to serve in children's ministry or youth ministry or to open our homes for a revelation study or to just tell a friend who is desperate for Jesus that Jesus is exactly what he's looking for. God is redeeming himself a people from every tribe and language and people and nation of the earth. At long last, Jesus is winning for himself and for the Creator, a priestly people. Did you catch that in verse 10? A kingdom of priests to do what Adam was meant to do, what Eve was meant to do, to be what Israel could not be. We will be able to be because of what Jesus has done. He is doing this. It's written on the scroll. It will be accomplished. It is being accomplished. It has been accomplished. The only question for us is not, can He do it? The question is not, will he do it? The question is, will we, you and me, ordinary, faithful worshipers of Jesus, will we obey his final commandment to go and make disciples of all nations? Whether that's going to the next generation, going across the street, or going to the world. Will we obey his final command? Let's pray. Lord, we, we thank you for this 
magnificent vision where the, the curtain is pulled back for just a moment and we can glimpse the truest reality of the worship around your throne. And we never take for granted that vision and the privilege of reading these words. May we respond in true spiritual worship, in ongoing celebration, in obedience out of devotion. Through Jesus Christ, the Lion and Lamb, God and man, and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please stand. Let's confess the mighty acts of God and our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is visible and invisible. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please kneel if you are able, otherwise be seated for the prayers of the people. As we enter prayer now, you are invited to speak aloud your request, uniting your request with this body of Christ. As we come together before the throne of God, come Holy Spirit and lead us in our prayers. Your resurrection proves all your promises are true. You are alive now, reigning in heaven. And we can be confident that you will return again as you promised. You will redeem your created world and will establish justice on this earth. Pray for Christ's soon return and pray for a situation in the world that needs justice. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord Jesus, may the radiance of your light in rising from the grave illuminate and banish the darkness in your church, that she may reflect your glory and resound with your praises. 
Please pray for a specific way that the universal church can maintain holiness in the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Jesus, as we unite ourselves to you in dying to self, help us as a congregation to seek ways to stir one another up to love and good deeds as we see the day of your return drawing near. Please pray for ways you can encourage other members of our church. Pray for the leadership of our church and pray for the selection of our new bishop. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Jesus, by your resurrection, you won victory over death and the devil. You have delivered us from our fear of death, which had subjected us to slavery all our lives. Because you live, we will live again too. By your power, you have raised us to walk with you in newness of life and have victory over our sin. We pray for those who are in need of healing. Jim, Don, Deanna, Anita, Roberta, Jerry, Kay, Bill, Bonnie, Paula, Kay, and Steve. Please add your own. And please pray for attentiveness to God in your own life, noticing opportunities to share Christ's newness of life with others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Jesus, your resurrection is proof that your vicarious offering for our sin was accepted. The claims of God's justice are satisfied and the power of the devil over us is vanquished. We praise you now and forever. Amen. Let's take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts as we come to confess our sins. Let us humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who in His great mercy has promised forgiveness of sins to all those who sincerely repent and with true faith turn to Him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the word of God to all who truly turn to Him. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's greet one another in his name. In just a moment, we're going to be coming to the Lord's table, beginning with our offering. And so let me remind you again about the Connect cards that are in the pews in front of you. If you are a guest or a visitor, please fill that out just to let us know that you're here. But when we take up our offering, please don't feel any compulsion uh, to give. What we most want to know is that you're here and uh, also how we can be praying for you. Uh, This time is a time of coming to, as Sam said, Jesus's table. It's the Lord's table. And so if you are a baptized Christian who's following Jesus, it doesn't matter if you're part of an Anglican church or any of those kind of considerations. If you're baptized following Jesus, then you are welcome at Jesus's table. And so in just a few moments after our offering, we're going to come forward from the center out to the sides Neil, if you're able, otherwise you can stand and simply place your hands out like this, and we'll give you a wafer with wine already dried into it. If you need gluten-free, simply sit, uh, flip your hands over like this, because it's really hard to hear what people are saying, believe it or not, even though you're like this close. Um, if you need gluten-free, flip your hands like this, and we'll give you a gluten-free wafer. We're going to have our prayer ministers over in the right transept, and so if you'd like somebody to just pray specifically about a specific thing or join you in praying, then after you take the Lord's Supper, please feel free um, to go over and uh, receive those prayers. Is that everything? I think I've got everything. All right. Uh, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich for your sake became poor, that you might become rich. Do you feel the world is broken? The shadows deepen. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? Do you wish that you could see it all made
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, our duty and our joy always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. But chiefly are we bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, for he is the true Paschal Lamb who was offered for us and has taken away the sin of the world, who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising to life again has won for us everlasting life. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Please kneel or be seated as we continue in prayer. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had sinned against you, become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world for our salvation. By the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. In obedience to your will, he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all, that by his suffering and death we might be saved. By his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. As our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory, that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, and we offer you these gifts. 
Sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Sanctify us also that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and be made one body with him that he may dwell in us and we in him. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom where we shall see our Lord face to face. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Please join me in the post-communion prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Just a few quick announcements for you. One, it's a, this is a big one because we're getting on the other side of the pandemic. The Guatemala trip dates have been announced. So our trip to Guatemala is going to begin either July 8th or 9th, and it's going to go through July 15th or 16th. We're looking for a, up to 20 people to go, and uh, actually the deadline, it's quick, but the deadline to sign up is going to be next Sunday. So uh, ask the Lord if he's uh, calling you to go to Guatemala, and uh, there's info in the bulletin about how to sign up 
for that. Uh, second thing is that tomorrow night we are having one of the walkabouts for our bishop candidates. It's an opportunity to come hear the perspective on the diocese and, and how uh, their experience in ministry and these sorts of things, as well as an opportunity for lay and clergy dele delegates to ask questions of the two candidates. And so tomorrow night at 6.30 here in the sanctuary, um, anyone is invited to come to that gathering at 6.30, but only delegates can actually ask questions. But there's a good chance your question, if you have one, is gonna be, um, gonna be asked. There's also, if you go to, I don't remember the exact website, but if you search Gulf Atlantic Bishop Search, you'll see the website and they begin, the first walkabout was last night, there'll be another tonight and you can watch back on YouTube uh, the previous walkabouts, and they're answering different questions at each one. So if you're, if you're interested in that, and you want to know those kind of things and know those answers, uh, search Gulf Atlantic Bishop Search, and you should be able to find that. And we'll have one live in here tomorrow night, which will also be streamed. Uh, and then one more thing, because we forgot to tell you guys about Grace has Got Talent. There is a Yeti cooler that is the raffle prize. So if, if you're, yeah, if you're that, you know, you're down with Yeti, you know what that means. It's $5 a ticket to buy a raffle ticket. Um, so be sure to show up tonight at 5.30 if you've registered. If you haven't registered yet, there may be some, a little bit of space. You could talk with Jennifer um, if there's any extra space. And uh, it's going to be a, a great afternoon. You know, you're going to see the talents and skills and creativity of people within our church, as well as have dinner, silent auction, and then the Yeti cooler raffle. So uh, be sure to show up at 5.30 for that. Now let me call up Sam for a mission of the week and our blessing. Pranav, would you come? Yeah. Uh, NAMS has been a part of the life of Grace Anglican Church since 2007. Um, it is a society, a, a community of, of brothers and sisters across the world who are pioneering global church planters. Pranab is here today. Uh, he has been with me all week for a global leaders meeting in South Carolina. He is working in the Odisha state of India. That's in the east. So uh, Church of the Good Shepherd that we are uh, in partners with works in a different part of in India. India is a nation of nations, a country of countries. And so Pranab is more in the, the eastern part of the country. Um, if you want to stick around and talk to him after, uh, we'd love to chat with you in between. If you for some reason want to go and come back, he's going to do a longer Q&A after the next service. Uh, NAMS plants churches that plant churches. And so if you would like to give to that, you can see how to do that in the bulletin. Um, if you'd like to give somewhere else in the world, we have people working in 13 out of 15 of the major global mission regions, 13 out of 15. So if you have a heart for a nation, chances are we have a NAMS guy there or who's, ba who's been invited and can't yet go. So you can give there, and you can sign up to pray for us. We have a, a prayer gathering and a prayer email list, um, and so that's all on the website there. And so I want to pray for Pranab especially and all of the, the guys who are, are traveling uh, this weekend to go back home. Um, Lord, we thank you for Pranab's answer, answer to your call to go and make disciples. For the 31 churches that are under his oversight and coordination, and for the pastors, uh, he is discipling and mentoring so that the 31 can become 32 and 40 and 100. We pray for the people of Odisha, that they would hear the gospel and repent and believe. And we pray for all of the Nams brothers and sisters, uh, wherever they are today, uh, working for the spread of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, we'll be on the narthex after this service. So um, if you want to go in, yeah.
beat the rush. And now our final blessing. May the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus the Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia. Thanks, you guys. Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel?